Honey Hush is a podcast by a Southern businesswoman who knows a thing or two about using honey to attract the bees. Every week, Elizabeth will discuss up-and-coming and established leaders alike how to win influence with one simple strategy, kindness. Whether you're a successful entrepreneur or still in the dream phase, Honey Hush will teach you that the sweeter the honey, the more bees you'll attract. Community is always more fun than competition. When I say the trendy hashtag word, self-care, do your feathers fly up thinking I'm suggesting you be selfish? Or do you feel permission to treat yourself? Those are pretty much the only two responses I get from people when I suggest this concept that really is not as trendy or new as one may think. In fact, self-care has been a very much suggested thing since the 1940s. In 1941, an Armenian doctor created a facial prosthetic called the oxygen mask. It was later put into airplanes that could reach certain altitudes. Passengers would be asked to wear the mask routinely at those heights. But now that pressurized cabins are a regular thing, we are instructed by flight attendants to only use them in the event that the plane loses altitude quickly. In that particular case, the cabin only has enough oxygen to sustain a person for about 18 seconds. Once the masks are applied, there is about 12 to 20 minutes worth of breathable oxygen in that mask. The idea is that it's enough time for the pilot to recover the plane and normalize the air inside the cabin once again. If you've ever been on a plane, ever, then you know this procedure by heart. Place the mask on yourself before attempting to help others. Why is that? Well, it's because you have only about 18 seconds of wiggle room before you put you yourself pass out and you are zero help to anyone else around you. What sort of help are you to others if you're passed out on the floor? So they drill it into your head to put the mask on yourself first. Okay, so I'll go first and I'll let you know that I answer the question and fall into the camp of initially thinking that self-care sounds selfish. Take care of yourself first? I mean, are you kidding me? Doesn't that go against just about every single nursery school lesson you were ever taught? Or does it? Once I think of it in terms of the airplane analogy, it's actually quite selfish to be a martyr and die trying to be helpful. When in reality, with a little bit of strategy, you can be way more effective in the attempts of being productive, supportive, and valuable. If I, as an Enneagram coach, were to interview nine different people and get nine different answers, I could really, you know, come up with what their their Enneagram type is just by them giving me their idea of self-care. A carefree activity without the fear of making a mistake. Maybe somebody wants to go to an amusement park. What about 30 minutes alone to read or journal, even maybe using an affirmations app? A Pilates class where you actually feel your breathing, walking through nature while claiming gratitude. Have you ever heard of Reiki? Acupuncture, it helps redirect energies. A long run and keeping a tidy space. Beginning the day with an intentional morning routine. Definitely getting outside without social media. A hot bath with Epsom salts. A short run to get the blood flowing. These are all nine different ways of looking at self-care through a different lens of what actually motivates us. Regardless of how you feel about the hashtag word or how you enjoy manifesting self-care, 
No one is immune to the sense of calm that it brings you when life becomes overwhelming, lonely, or anxious. The idea is to be mindful of when that imbalance creeps up on you. An airplane pilot would not have to actually come on the overhead speaker to notify passengers that danger is lurking and that it might be a good idea to throw that piece of plastic dangling down onto your face. You intuitively would feel the drop in altitude and out of survival instinct, you'd grab that mask and snap that rubber band around your head. So then why are we so hesitant to lean into our own emotional triggers that are just as carnal and savage as a drop in airspace? Right now, I personally have what I think might be like a pinched nerve or something in my neck and shoulders. During quarantine, I lost a good bit of hair. In high school, I suffered from stomach ulcers. I tell you these things because I'm suspect number one at ignoring emotional triggers, thinking, oh, today it was, it was just a bad day. Tomorrow will be better. No need to get all worked up about, you know, things that just didn't work out right. But in reality, my body is way smarter than I give it credit for. Everybody has a head, a heart, and a gut. And those of us that have those things separated are also the ones that suffer the worst from compartmentalizing, stuffing, and denying. You think that you're telling your head one thing when your heart is believing another and your gut is going with your instinct. Recipe for disaster, sis. What if you could know which one you lead with, whether it's your head, your heart, or your gut? Would that help you? I mean, of course it would. I know that I lead with my head and I really have to work on not lying to my heart. My heart is heavier than I want to give it permission to be. And then it comes out of, it just kind of comes out in other ways like pinched nerves and lost hair and stomach ulcers. So a little plug for my coaching business is that during your five Enneagram coaching sessions, we discuss your triad and how to become more aware of when you're out of balance. I call it a rumble strip. Just like the ones on the side of the highway when you start to swerve off the road, it alerts you that you're getting distracted and you need to realign. And just because I'm the certified coach does not mean that I get it right all the time. It just means that I'm well-equipped to recognize my rumble strips quickly and make adjustments before I venture off into the ditch of life. And I can do the very same thing with and for you. Just like the old cliche analogy of the oxygen mask we were talking about earlier, you are no good to others if you are wrecked off into the ditch. As a mom, I cannot pick up my child to comfort her if I have a pinched nerve in my shoulder due to ignoring or suppressing stress. As a friend, I cannot be present for another if I'm riddled with anxiety myself. As an employee, I cannot be productive and equitable if I'm not getting adequate sleep at night. You get the picture. It is actually selfish to not take care of yourself. So I've got some ideas for you to kind of mull over and to think about just some basic ways to take care of yourself, regardless of what Enneagram number you are, regardless if you even know that number or your type. It doesn't matter. These are just basic self-care things that will just will equip you like maintaining eight hours of uninterrupted sleep each night, avoiding sugary, greasy and processed foods, consume more whole grains, greens unprocessed foods, and lean meats. Eat two to three well-balanced meals a day and also take a multivitamin. Drink at least three liters of water each day. Either take a probiotic or consume a probiotic in the term or in the form of like yogurt, kefir, kimchi. Engage in physical exercise for 30 minutes most days. Stay away from toxic thoughts, 
toxic people, and toxic conversations. Purposefully engage in positive thoughts and conversations. Practice mindfulness. Learn how to manage stress. Stay present in your relationships. Avoid screen time and engage in more in-person time. Visit your doctor for preventative health screenings like healthy use. Take time for yourself each day. Those are just simple things that we can all learn to make habits. And I hope that just this short little conversation has changed your mind about self-care. It most certainly is not selfish. And it's so much more than buying that pair of shoes that you've been stalking online. Somewhere between self-neglect and treat yourself (laughs) lies the truth that you must be aware of your emotional triggers and act on them when they flare up. And from personal experience, the flares happen way less when the maintenance is done routinely. You are so much more effective at home and in the workplace when you put the oxygen mask on yourself first. And now that it's summer, this is a great time to start some new habits so that by the time life gets crazy again in August, September, you will be in a better position to not let life drag you over to the rumble strips. And if you're more interested in learning about the benefits of Enneagram coaching with me, please visit my website at ebcconsultingllc.com. And of course, you can follow me over there on social media at ebc underscore consulting. Until next time, y'all, 